0: You're listening to a sermon preached at Sojourn Church, Midtown. At the very beginning of the Bible, we see God's good vision for the world, creation in harmony with humanity and humanity in harmony with God. Join us for our series,
1: Sacred, Genesis 1 and 2. Peace be with you. Today's scripture reading is Genesis 1, 26 through 31. If you don't have a Bible, you can follow along on the screen behind me. Hear the word of the Lord. Then God said, let us make man in our image, according to our likeness. They will rule the fish of the sea, the birds of the sky, the livestock, the whole earth, and the creatures that crawl on the earth. So God created man in his own image. He created him in the image of God. He created them, male and female. God blessed them, and God said to them, be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth, and subdue it. Rule the fish of the sea, the birds of the sky, and every creature that crawls on the earth. God also said, look, I have given you every seed-bearing plant on the surface of the entire earth, and every tree whose fruit contains seed. This will be food for you, for all the wildlife of the earth, for every bird of the sky, and every creature that crawls on the earth. Everything, having the breath of life in it, I have given every green plant for food, and it was so. God saw all that he had made, and it was very good indeed. Evening came, and then morning, the sixth day. This is where the Lord. You may be seated.
0: Well, peace be with you. Hey, what a joy, as always, it is to... Uh, be able to uh, preach the Word of God to you. For those of you who are first-time guests, what's up? My name is Jamal. I'm one of the pastors here. We are glad that you uh, chose this Sunday to uh, worship with us. We pray that a song will be sung or a word spoken that will enrich your life in Christ Jesus. Uh, We have been uh, going through and just started a series called Sacred, which is on the first three chapters of the book of Genesis. And metaphorically speaking, the last uh, several weeks, we've been looking at the first chapter of Genesis through a telescope, as we've kind of surveyed the first uh, five days of creation. And today, we want to look at it through a microscope. We're going to look at the sixth day of creation, and we're going to look at how God created a man and woman in his image And part of what we're going to be looking at as uh, being image bearers is what does that actually mean? And in knowing that as Christians, how should it um, encourage, inspire, and motivate us to live for Jesus? But before we dive into uh, Genesis 1, mainly 26 and 27, next week we're going to hit on 28. We're going to come back to the same passage and hit on 28, 29, 28 through 31, Um, As we're going to talk about, as image bearers, what it does means to kind of culturally, uh, the cultural mandate, what does it mean to cultivate uh, beauty and to have rulership and dominion over all things. But before we dive in, I just want to say, hey, we've got an incredible opportunity before us as a church to love on some little image bearers. I know I've been saying this a lot, but I'm not going to stop. Into uh, we get there. We're almost there. Amen. And so our kids department pointed out um, that uh, we have grown in responding to serving and and sojourn kids. Uh, but we have a few more uh, slots to fill so that we can be at a fuller capacity and not turn families away on Sunday. So uh, you kind of see some of the needs right now on the screen um, if you have and if you're not serving in a particular way at the church or if you uh, have space in your schedule to uh, to volunteer. So we're going to send this out this week. it be on social media platforms because we really want to make sure that every uh, kid has an opportunity um, to be loved on as image bearers. Let's pray and then we're going to dive into today's text. Lord, how amazing your love is for humanity. And I pray that even now, you would remind us of that love, each individually and personally, through the power of your word. Holy Spirit, breathe on these next 35 minutes. Glorify Jesus Christ. Speak, Lord. For your servants are listening. In Jesus' name we pray. And the church said, amen. When we hear the word image especially in today's world. We may think of a a job applicant that dresses to present an image of confidence and success. Or we may think of an organization's effort towards branding, seeking to give off the right image in the marketplace. Or a politician or a influencer who hires an image manager to remain likable or lovable. However, when today's text, Genesis chapter 1, verse 26 through 27, uses the word image, it speaks of authentic likeness, not perception management. And this is important because more than any group, um, Christians who have been given the um, identity of being disciples Um, we must know what it means to be created in the image of God and value that uh, more than anyone else in humanity. To be created in the image of God means to be in the authentic likeness of God. And today we will look at why knowing the truth that every person is created in the image of God should lead us to affirm the dignity of every single human being civil rights activists, and pastor Dr. John Perkins says it so well when he says, we don't give dignity to people. We affirm it. Every single human being, no matter how they are living or what point in life they are at, are inherently dignified because God has put his fingerprint on them. And today, as we discuss the image of God, I want to give you three buckets that will help you to feel the glory and the weight of being an image bearer and that will help us to live and to love fellow image bearers like God. The first bucket that I want to give you is uh, the bucket of a received image, a received image. Another that we're gonna look at how we as image bearers have received this authentic likeness of God and how that means that we are our rational or intellectual beings who are able to reason, we are relational, and then we are regal. I'll explain that more in a second. But second bucket I want to give you is the refracted image. We are a refracted image. And then third, we're gonna look at how we are a renewed image as Christians. We've been given this renewed image. Now I won't be able to cover everything that I would like to uh, in this sermon. It's such a massive subject, and there have been so many uh, great people in history's past who have written on it. But I do want to point you to a couple of resources if you want to grow in this. Uh, one resource, and probably my favorite, is Anthony Holcomb's uh, book, uh, "Created in God's Image." It's a great resource on the image of God. Uh, second is Pastor Robert Chung has written uh, a book um, based off of what he takes members through in Restore. He actually has uh, another book coming out this week called The Restoration Story. But in chapter three and four, I think he just has a great clear explanation of what it means to be the image of God and how to live it. And then third, our very own Pastor Jarvis Williams also has a book releasing on September 28th. And uh, his book is called Redemptive Kingdom Diversity. And it is a biblical theology of the people of God. And it's just beautifully written, explaining from Genesis to Revelation um, what it means to be the people of God and how as the church we can live that out. So I want to encourage you guys to, to check that out as well. But let's talk first about the received image, the received image. When the Bible talks about the image of God, we don't Half, right, Genesis 1, 26 and 27, there's not footnotes to say, hey, this is exactly what it means to be in the image of God. But if we look at the text and read Genesis 1, um, which is narrowing in on the creation of humanity and showing that when God created man and woman, it was the climax of creation on the sixth day, um, we can draw some, some, some conclusions and, and, and even maybe infer uh, what that means to be in the likeness of God. And we can do that just by looking at God himself. First, when we look at God, we see that God is, for lack of a better word, I went back with all kind of R's this week, that he is, that he is uh, rational. Uh, he is a reasoning God. He's an intellectual God. He's a, he's a thinking God. He's not a, a robot, right? Um, he is able to see and to plan and to act upon his plan accordingly. In the same way, to be created in the image of God means to be created as human beings with the ability, um, this image that we, receive, that we receive, to think with a moral consciousness. And there's a lot to be said about that, a wheel, whether you want to call it free or not. We've been created to, uh, to be able to, to, to rationalize. Second. In Genesis 1, it hints at the point that God is relational. We talked about this in our first sermon by looking at John 17 and how God, before God created the heavens and the earth, um, Jesus said in his high priestly prayer that the Father um, was was loving him, that he was receiving the Father love. And we see this even in today's text. In Genesis chapter 126, the text says, God said, and let us make man and a woman, in our image. And that us, I believe, is God talking to himself. It's one God we talked about in three persons, Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, creating a mankind in his image. And so for all eternity, God the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit was receiving each other's love and perfectly giving love to each other. And in the same way, when God created mankind, he created us with both a propensity um, and a desire as, as not being perfect beings um, to receive and to give love. And this is lived out in community, and is lived out in a community with men and women. Notice that in the text it says that God created man and woman, He created them in his image. And the reason I want to pause and say that is because here at Sojourn, we believe that it's really important to to constantly uh, be reminded and to speak um, as a result of our culture to remind us that men and women are created equally in the image of God, created equally. And the pastors here at Sojourn are very serious about making sure that women in this congregation are loved and valued and not treated like second-class citizens. The Lord has gifted our sisters and called them and stamped him with with his authentic likeness. And as men, we are called to, to cherish, to respect, to love, and to empower our sisters to treat them as sisters in Christ, and to model for the world what that looks like. Not only did we receive an image that is is rational, not only did we receive an image that is relational, but we received an image that is regal. And to be regal denotes royalty. It means to be dignified. It means to be magnificent. As you read Genesis chapter 1, you get a sense that mankind is is special. Mankind is unlike any of God's creation. I mean, the text slows down, goes from 90 miles per hour to 25 miles per hour and focuses on how God creates man and woman. And then in chapter 2, it gets even more specific and talks about how God fashioned man out of the dust of the earth and breathed his breath into him. And there's this sense as you read verse 27, 28, 29, uh, 30, and 31, and man is given this dominion to rule. In chapter 2, to name all of these species that God has created, that mankind is royalty, that we're special, that we stand out. And I think that that is absolutely beautiful. We were created as God's vice regents. Psalm 139 says that we were created fearfully and wonderfully. I love what William Shakespeare says. He says, "What a piece of work is a man! How noble is reason! How infinite in faculties, in form, in moving! How express and admirable in action! How like an angel! In apprehension, how like, how like a god!" We're different than animals. And what sets us different is that God has made us in his authentic image. Yes, like animals, we share a body composed of organs, muscle, fat, skin. And in truth, in many ways, we fall short of their uh, physical abilities. I mean, a horse easily outruns us. A hawk can see farther than us. A dog can detect odors better than us. And some of our uh, physical qualities are no more God-like than a cat's. I mean, a cat gets to die nine times and come back. (laughs) And yet, the Bible says that we are special, that God made us a little lower than the angels. That means something. That's the received image. But the received image, Genesis 3 tells us, It didn't remain. Instead, it became refracted. To refract means to bend or to curve. It means to no longer be upright. And when I say refracted, I mean that because of the fall of Adam and Eve, because of their rebellion against a holy, good, and perfect God, our image being made in the image of God was dented. It was distorted. It wasn't destroyed. It was dented, and it was distorted. And we see this in Genesis 3 that when sin entered the world, rather than receiving and giving love like they were created to do, Adam and Eve began to curve inwardly. They became self centered and they became impacted completely. Our sin nature impacts the way we look, the way we feel, the way we think, the way we act. And without the presence and the power of the Holy Spirit, the Bible says since the fall that we are, man, we're dead. We're born in a state of deadness towards God and towards his things. In Genesis chapter four, we see this up close and personal with Cain. Cain is Adam and Eve's uh, son. And we see that Cain makes an offering to God, but the offering isn't pleasing Uh, Most likely it's not pleasing because it wasn't done from a a heart that was receiving God's love and therefore was responding to him in love, but rather he made it self-centeredly. And God gives Cain an option. He says, listen, Cain, I'm not going to receive this offering as it is, but if you go back and re-offer it, essentially as in the likeness of what Abel has done, um, everything will be cool. You'll be straight. But be aware, sin is crouching at the door, waiting to pounce upon you. And many of you know the story that rather than uh, respond in this way, he responded like his father, Adam, when that slithering serpent uh, came to him and tempted him. In just four chapters in the Bible, we see the first murder Cain. In the refracted image of God is now responding out of the likeness of Adam. We see violence. Violence becomes the mark of humanity instead of love. And it's still the mark of humanity. Oftentimes we murder people with our, our hands, but also with our hearts and also with our words. And repeatedly, the Bible tells us that violence in the heart or in the hands or with the lips is never okay. In Genesis chapter 9, verse 6, we see why it's not okay. The text says, whoever sheds human blood by humans, his blood will be shed for God made humans in his image. Of course, murder is not bad simply because a person loses their life. Ultimately, it is evil and bad because That person was made in the likeness of God, in the authentic uh, likeness of God. And then in James chapter 3, verse 9 through 10, in the New Testament, we read this. With the tongue, we bless our Lord and Father, and with it, we curse people who are made in God's likeness. Blessings and curses come out of the same mouth, my brothers and sisters. These things should not be this way. When we use our words to intentionally damage a human being we are sinning not only against that human being but against God because he made them in his likeness it has been said that as we read the Bible we uncover the source of both our dignity and our depravity Thomas Merton was right when he said that we're all, we are all angels and demons wrapped up in meat indeed we we're made to be dignified by being created in the image of God, but we have descended into the depraved pattern of Satan. Therefore, we simultaneously both are great and wretched, which is this kind of perplexed dilemma of human nature. Those who do not read the Bible and take it's to heart are prone to ignore the complex dilemma of our dignity and our depravity by favoring one aspect of our nature at the expense of the other. And while I disagree with Thomas Merton on many things, this quote hits home. Humanity as a whole are both dignified and depraved. This is why humanity, humanity can make a vaccine in 12 months that has saved thousands of lives and then have a drive-by shooting this week at a bus stop, killing a 16-year-old boy and wounding two others on their way to Eastern High School. Each of them were made in the precious image of God, fearfully and wonderfully formed in their mother's womb. My heart weeps for that child, weeps for... Louisville, it weeps for the parents of that child. Councilman Jacory Arthur said in his impassioned plea to the city, everyone in Louisville is responsible for Louisville. And I really hit home this week in preparation for this sermon, as I just thought, if anyone should be more, most concerned about the streets, whether it's the East End, South End or West End, it should be disciples of Jesus. We all have a responsibility. Truly, the fall has done a number on us. Like Adam, a husband can say to his wife, you are bone of my bone and flesh of my flesh. Woe, man. And then in the next sentence, blame his wife and blame God for giving her to him. We truly are dignified and simultaneously depraved. But the good news is that we don't have to be demons and angels wrapped in meat because of Christ's Redemption, we can walk in a renewed image. Because of Christ, our refracted nature can be redeemed. And we can learn to, to live and to love like him. See, the good news of the gospel is that the refracted image of God can be renewed when we receive, by faith, Christ's redemption for us. In the New Testament, we learn that Jesus Christ is the exact image of god hebrews chapter 1 verse 3 says that he is the radiance of god's glory and the exact expression of his nature colossians 1:15 says that he is the image of the invisible god the firstborn of creation and because jesus who is fully god came into our situation because he left heaven and descended to earth Because he was willing to uh, wrap himself in the the womb of woman and, and be born and humble himself and become a man and walk the dusty streets of Jerusalem and die on that old rugged cross. We have a chance to be taken from our refracted state and to receive a renewed state, not by works, but by grace alone and faith alone in Christ alone. Who shall deliver me from this death? Praise God for Jesus Christ. And what's marvelous is, is that as disciples of Jesus Christ, when we place our faith and trust in Jesus Christ, we begin to experience a process of renewal through the power of the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit sets us on a trajectory to continue to grow day by day, little by little, to live and to love like Jesus. See, being created in the image of God is not simply a noun, it is a verb. As Christians, to be created in the image of God and to live in the image of God is to learn to live and to love like him. This happens in the ordinary, mundane moments of life. In both Ephesians chapter 4, verse 20 through 24, and Colossians chapter 3, verse 5 through 10, the Apostle Paul encourages Christians to live into this renewed image by, listen, putting off the old man and putting on the new. In Ephesians chapter 4, verse 20 through 24, we read, but... That is not how, God, how you came to know Christ, assuming you heard about him and were taught by him as the truth is in Jesus. To take off your former, this kind of refracted way of living, the old self, he calls it, that is corrupted by deceitful desires. That's as a result of the fall of Adam and Eve, and to be renewed in the spirit of your minds and to put on this new self The one created, listen to this, according to God's likeness and righteousness and impurity of truth. Because of Jesus Christ, we have been renewed and empowered to take off, to put off the old and to put on a new. And this is a daily process. This is a ongoing process. This is a progressive process. And we are unable to do that by Jesus Christ. And when we fail to do that, we don't live in condemnation. We don't live in fear, guilt, or shame. But because he is our mediator, we run to him and we go to him. We confess our sins and we walk in his grace and in his newness. Paul says the same thing in Colossians. Similar. Therefore, put to death what belongs to your earthly nature. The nature of Adam, that's that refracted nature. And notice this list sexual immorality, doing a marriage act without being married, or impurity, lust, evil desire, and greed, greed, which is idolatry. Because of these, God's wrath is coming upon the disobedient, and you once walked in these things when you were living in them. But now put away all the following anger, wrath, malice, slander, and filthy language from your mouth. Do not lie to one another since you have put off the old self with his practices and have put on the new self. You, listen to this, are being renewed in knowledge according to the image of your creator. And this is a process. And we don't take off or put on in our own strength and by ourselves. Remember, being created in the image of God means that we also were created for relationships. And many times the reason we walk according to the old Adam rather than according to the second Adam, which is in Jesus Christ, is because we're overcome with shame and and guilt. And that's why we need brothers and sisters in our lives to help us to, to Uh, bear our burdens, to hear our stories, to unpack some of the ways that we've been sinned against so that we can be reminded of the good news of Jesus and walk according to this new way. Putting the old man to death, it takes time because the fall has done a number on us. It takes time to learn how to put on a yoke of Christ rather than a yoke of the world. It takes vulnerability, it takes leaning into relationship, it takes courage, it takes intentionality, but praise Jesus that we have the indwelling of the Holy Spirit who empowers and who enables us to do it. Second Corinthians chapter 5, verse 16-21, Paul says that we are a new creation. And as a new creation, we don't see anyone, he says, 5.16, we don't see anyone from a worldly perspective, As those who have been renewed, we now see them as image bearers who who need to be and can be reconciled to God. And we become, he says, his ambassadors, his royal ambassadors. And we take on the ministry of reconciliation. As his ambassadors, we begin to see everyone with a new set of eyes through the spirit and not through the flesh. As renewed image bearers, we begin to weep with those who weep. As renewed image bearers, we begin to engage our communities both spiritually, socially, and politically to create safe neighborhoods and communities. As renewed image bearers, we stand up for the life of the unborn by not simply being pro-life but being pro-abundant life, believing that every child and every parent, regardless of their circumstances or their choices, are created in the image of God and need to be cared for, need to be loved, need to know Jesus as renewed image bearers, we care for the poor and the refugee. We care for the single parent coming around them to love and to support them and let them to know that they are a part of a new family. As renewed image bearers, we fight for ethnic reconciliation and we have difficult, awkward conversations in a redemptive matter when racism rears its ugly head. As renewed image bearers, we speak up against economic injustices, And we have a problem both with white-collar crimes and blue-collar crimes. As renewed image bearers, we uphold the beauty of God's vision for, for family, knowing that it's only through this means that people and society will be most healthy. We honor the disabled. We honor women. We honor and move towards all people. And by all people, I mean all people. I mean Jew and Catholic, Muslim, and Buddhist. I mean straight and gay and everything in between because they are precious and stamped with God's image. We don't demean anyone because they are living contrary to the word. Neither do we demean someone because uh, they have a different religious belief. No, we love them and we speak the truth to them in love, seeking to show them a more abundant way of life in Jesus. As renewed image bearers, we see terrorists, racists, gangbangers, Wall Street hustlers, pimps, prostitutes, and players as those who have a chance to be free through the love and mercy of Jesus, just like we were set free. Like God did with Adam and Eve after the fall in Genesis chapter 3, as renewed image bearers, we pursue people with curiosity and gospel care, not condemnation. Renewed image bearers pursue with more grace than judgment. Knowing that it is through God's kindness that we were led to repentance. Oh, how Jesus modeled how to live and love like God. And he told us that when we see him, we see the Father. It was Jesus who met a refracted image bearer named Nicodemus at night. And rather than scorn him for his legalism, he told him about how God so loved the world. It was Jesus who met a refracted image bearer who was caught in adultery. And rather than stone her, he doodled in the sand, drawing probably some emojis, <laughs> lighting the mood up a little bit. And then he looked at her and he said, woman, where is thy accusers? Go and sin no more. It was Jesus who, while dying on the cross between two refracted image bearers, told one of them, because he put his faith and trust in him." that today you will be in paradise with me. It was Jesus who showed us what it means to live in a love by caring for the orphan, the widow, and the marginalized. It's our Jesus. It's our Savior. It's our Lord. It's our Master who reminds us that good things do come out of Nazareth. That good things come out of Women who are single and carrying a child when other people don't understand how it happened. The good things can happen to lepers, to the blind, to the deaf, to the disabled, because all of them are precious in God's sight. As renewed image bearers, we can't save the world But we worship the one who came to love it. Let's pray. Hi, I'm Jamal Williams, lead pastor of Sojourn Midtown. Thanks for listening. At Midtown, we value gospel-centeredness, biblical faithfulness, transformative relationships, diverse fellowship, creativity in the arts, and relentless mission. For more sermons, info about our church, visit Church dot com slash midtown.